Georgia Dow is a therapist, but she's not your therapist. This show should not substitute a personal consultation with a professional. talk about anal fistulas on the no, show no no you may oh, not oh 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 that's no no there's a very interesting story about anal fistulas no. though really <laughs> yes okay well i'm just gonna tell you two and then you can decide if it goes into the show because this is so fascinating oh, no. oh, so okay. of course an anal fistula is sort of like hemorrhoids in the sense that it's a part of what's supposed to be inside of you, outside of you. Uh, and a French king had an anal fistula. And for a long time, he was treating it by putting like cow grease on it, like like the oil from cows and thought that that was going to cure things. Well, turns out that doesn't actually help anal fistulas, of course. Oh, shocking. So a uh, guy, and this is another interesting thing, it used to be the case that uh, doctors were actually incredibly tied to uh, religious groups. So a doctor was more of a religious person than they were any sort of secular person. And so doctors actually didn't perform surgery back in the day. It was barbers. Barber surgeons is what they used to be called before they just became mm-hmm. people who cut your hair. And true, they would true. cut hair and they would also do surgery. And so mm-hmm. a barber surgeon came along and he was actually good at at doing surgeries. And uh, at this time, of course, like to be a king means to not be weak. It means that, you know, God chose you to do this job. And uh, so, you you know, you, you wouldn't have any weaknesses. You wouldn't have any sicknesses. So it's supposed to be this big secret that the French king didn't have an anal fistula, but he did. And he brought in this barber surgeon and was like, yo, 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 can you fix me up? And the barber surgeon was like, yeah, absolutely. But it's, I'm going to need so so much amount of time, like multiple months. So guess what he did? He uh, went away for a couple months, and the king <laughs> said, you can have as many people as you need uh, to practice this surgery on. Um, so he practiced the surgery on different people, and many of them died uh, in, in the practice. Uh, <laughs> he, he finally Story's perf- getting grim. Yes, it gets grim, and then it gets really interesting. Uh, although I think it is interesting from the beginning. So, practices the surgery on many people, finally gets it right. He comes in, and the king is like, all right, guess it's time to make this happen. Uh, and he's performing the surgery. It takes multiple hours uh, to, to finish the surgery. Uh, his, like head of state and his mistress and a bunch of other people are there watching uh, the, the, the barber surgeon complete the surgery. There, there wasn't TV. There wasn't there TV. There was no TV. No. Exactly. This was, this was must-see TV back then. This was. Yeah, yeah. This was true I get it. TV I get it. cops. Uh, no. Right. So uh, medical mysteries. And voila, the surgery actually worked. Uh, that king actually went on to live into like 75 or some ridiculous old age at the time. But this is the interesting thing. There was an all-girls school 
that um, – oh, oh, because remember how I had said it was supposed to be a secret. Well, everybody heard about it. So everybody – like it was fashionable to have the things that royals had, and that includes anal fistulas. People started to really? pretend that they had anal fistulas and tell other people that they had them. And they would even go to their barber surgeon and ask for an anal fistula surgery even if they didn't have one because it was a fashionable thing. So – uh, of course, the word spread. It got around because people talk. And the headmistress of a uh, nearby all-girls school, she wrote a song called "God Save the King." That uh, they were, they would, they would. It was, or sorry, not a song. Sorry, it was a prayer. She wrote a prayer called "God Save the King," and it was about. I think it was King Louis. I'm not. I'm not positive on that though. Uh, the king and his anal fistula, and hoping that the surgery was going to go well because they had heard about all these dead bodies that were piling up when this this barber surgeon was practicing practicing the surgery, and so they were worried that you know the king was going to die, and they liked their king, so they wanted him to live. So every morning, the headmistress and all of the girls would do this prayer, pray out to God that the anal fistula surgery would be a success. It was a success. And guess what happened? A certain Mr. Handel happened to hear this uh, prayer in this all-girls school, and he loved it. He went back to England, and he put it to words, and the national anthem of England, God Save the Queen, came from a prayer for anal fistulas. Oh, goodness gracious me. That was, that's a story. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's so incredible. See, I I have a major in history, my second major, and I never learned this. And I feel like I need to go back to my alma mater (laughs) and demand a refund. Uh, okay, like I just have to tell you, uh, like all you listeners out there, if this makes it in, if it doesn't, then that's fine. But um, there's a, and for you too as well, there's a podcast. It's it's called uh, Sawbones. Yeah, I, I used to listen should, to that. Yeah, yes, you should absolutely listen to it. Uh, there's a, a, a an episode called the Royal Fistula Fad, and it's all about this surgery and then the stuff that happened afterward. But the interesting thing is that England, all the historians in England will say, that is absolutely not true. That is not where it came from. But all the historians in France will say, we can show you the proof that is exactly where it came from. And to add to that, uh, there are sort of national pride songs in the U.S. that were based on God Save the Queen. So technically, we also have songs that came from a prayer for anal fistulas. This is a really long way to tell me that I've been being a pain in the butt, Micah. (laughs) Oh, oh, dad joke after that. It's too much. Uh. (laughs) It's too much. Uh, Let's talk about some things that, uh, that happened because that is usually what the podcast is about. Hey, I guess that is a thing that happened. It's just not (laughs) newsworthy. Didn't we just talk about things that happened? That brought us into this mess. Technology circa 1795 or whatever. Yeah, it's surgical technology. Come on. And Handel probably played it on one of those harpsichords. That's a certain kind of technology as well. A um, oh, harpsichord, really? Hm. Yeah, Handel liked harpsichords. Uh, and <laughs> never well, there's a show title talking. for you. <laughs> Handel liked har- Handel liked harpsichords. You, you mean you, were, you weren't going to make the title anal fistula? Uh, no, no, I <laughs> more certainly was not because I didn't want to have to look Where's- up how to spell that. 
Good, good point, because you'd have to Google it, and then there'd be images, and, then, and you don't want to see then that. Then Verizon's going to have a note in my customer file that I was Googling something weird, and <laughs> you know, then Google's going to be serving me up ads for razor blades, and, and nobody, nobody wants that, really. Nobody. No, you're right. You're right. Well, God save the queen. Uh, but let's go ahead God and talk about... God save my about... search history is, is what really... <laughs> Georgia Dow, I swear to God, if you're looking up anal fistulas right now, you seem to be the kind of person I already know be, about no. Georgia, Georgia so actually like, did her 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 dissertation in therapist school about that. So <laughs> the phobia, oh. the phobia of how would you? Yeah. No, I'm not going to ask how you'd stop people fistula from being phobia? afraid of this. I don't know if there is such a thing. I'm not going to have a voice by the end of this because oh I'm God. cackling. Don't look it up. Don't look it up. It's not. For heaven's oh. sake, I will never. All right. Um, no, you'll just tell us a 10-minute story. Yeah, Bri- we should mention that Bree's off, um, you know, doing important campaign things that are clearly more important than learning about um, about medieval surgery. So, Fighting for liberty, <laughs> truth, and the American way. Yes, yes. And, and, and God save the queen. Yeah, anyway. And God. God save oh. the queen. And, this is not uh, going to die, is it? No. God save the U.S. All right. I think so. Here we go. Uh, a really interesting and I think good thing happened um, <laughs> uh, two hours ago. Actually, this story was published uh, on Business Insider. And it turns out that uh, Laura Loomer, uh, she is a far right activist, uh, after the attack. That happened in New York City. Um, she was trying to get an Uber from one place to another, and she put out a series of tweets uh, complaining about Muslim drivers. One of the tweets was, I'm late to the NYPD press conference because I couldn't find a non-Muslim cab or Uber Lyft driver for over 30 minutes. This is insanity. Uh, she basically, you know, went on this this scree that she could not be uh she she wasn't going to get into a cab with a a muslim driver uh on top of that she like I, I, the thing there is like how do you know that somebody is muslim that's just oh I, that's i'm sure that ridiculous. if you're that kind of a person you're more than happy to profile them based on the 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 driver picture that comes up in the uber or in the uber or the lyft app I'm sure yep, that you're exactly. not. You're looking name at a name even. that sound that doesn't sound like Bob or Steve, and you're making judgments based on that. I, I don't think she's asking for you know proof of religion. Yeah, I think you're you're dead on. Well, after these series of tweets, Uber said, "Okay, you're not going to use our service anymore," and banned Laura Loomer. Uh, Uber said that it basically didn't follow the community, the, you know, she wasn't following the community guidelines. She violated the community guidelines that Uber has set forth and therefore could not be a part of the platform anymore. Uh, my favorite part of this was uh, Bozema St. John, who many of you will probably remember from Apple, uh, used to be the head of Apple Music, uh, is now uh, was head of PR or, or some, some, some role involving, you know, PR uh, at Uber. And she had quote tweeted this, this, this article and just put the peace sign. That's all she had to say was peace. Bye. And yeah, I absolutely love uh, Bosma. Um, but yeah, let, let's, let's talk about this. You've, you've got a far right activist using a, a you know, a private 
uh, service and the service says, we don't want you on our platform anymore because you violated our community guidelines. Is that a, a, a good thing, a bad thing? What do we all feel? I mean, that's capitalism, right? Like they, that's what they want is for people to be, for companies to be able to refuse service based on whatever criteria. And if that criteria gay, happens I'm to not be, making you a cake. Yeah. That criteria happens to be, you're going to complain about being about not being able to be racist enough using our platform, then fine. Like I, I, you know, it's, it's hard for me to get upset about that. I mean, I know that there are implications when this is done for a good reason. And then that's, it's abused for bad reasons. Once that, that floodgate is opened, but I mean, you don't have to use their service and they don't have to, they're, they're free to say, we don't need you as a customer. That's capitalism. You know, that you can you're just as free to refuse anyone's money as it is to take it. You know, I agree. I agree with you, Steve, that, you know, it, it's not like it shuts her down. She can still use other yeah. taxi services. So it doesn't um, actually impede her ability to get around. But it does to me seem like a slippery slope where now we are going to police people's opinions into what they are able to do because of those opinions. And though, you know, I disagree with her opinion, um, it worries me when we take um, the view of what someone feels and then, I don't even know if giving it a consequence is the right word for it, but it just, it worries me because... If this had been a different case and Uber had said no to someone that had uh, liberal ideals or thought that um, everyone should be treated equally, we would be having a much different conversation. And odds are we would not, because of our own unconscious bias, be saying, well, this is just fine. Sure. And so I always try to flip it and say, well, if it was happening to someone that I align myself with, how would I feel about that? And I would be upset. And so then it, I don't know, I, I'm not so sure, you know, my first initial feeling of like, yeah, she shouldn't be doing that. And like, maybe there would have been other ways to deal with this. Like only um, like, you know, every driver that picks her up has to like, you know, change their names so that it would be something that would make her feel uncomfortable. So she had to question her beliefs and maybe it would be a very uh, Anglo-Saxon looking person, but that had a name and she could get into conversations and learn something like, I don't know, like, is there a mid ground? Yeah, I mean, I guess this goes back to the conversation we we're having last week about Nazis, right? That 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 kind of speech is tolerated when there's no cost to it. And, right. you know, if there's no, if the cost is not going to be physical violence and again, I don't think that it should necessarily, but. I mean, it, whatever you like, it's one thing to be a racist, right? It's another thing to be unashamed enough of being a racist mm -hmm. to shout it mm -hmm. from the virtual yeah. rooftops. And yeah. when you do that, then their freedom of speech is not freedom from consequences. Again, could That's that true. could That's that be true. used from like? I'll use Chick-fil-A because I, I did not eat a Chick-fil-A for a long time because of their, um, you know, their their political beliefs. And, yes. and right. And I, I've I've since stopped because I've been advised by people who are way more clued into me than me that that, you know, the boycott 
has done what it's done, right? But, like, let's say that, you know, I'm, you know, very publicly, uh, you know, on Twitter criticizing injustices or whatever and, the, and, and talking about being Jewish. And they say, well, you know, we're not serving you anymore. And, you know, that's, that's something that would be terrible. And I'm sure that there would be a lot more outrage about it. But the, there needs to be both a consequence for being an unabashedly horrible person. I'll just say it. Right. And mm-hmm. that that action needs to be backed up by the reaction by the community at large. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if she can be thrown off of their service and not be like a mass boycott from quote unquote free speech advocates, or if Uber decides that those people are also people that they don't want to have as their customers. I mean, that's how, that's how capitalism is supposed to work. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it, it is interesting because then you do think about the small cake shop that's decided that they don't want to serve certain individuals, right. you know, the but cakes they're doing that, they that make. anyway. Yes, but like the what I'm saying there is is you know they they say they don't want to but the but the United States government has you know gone down a route where they're trying to say hey no you have to because you can't discriminate based on 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 religion I mean on uh sexual orientation or things like that um and while I see why those are different I'm not certain that everybody does and i understand sort of the the argument that's being sort of made about how you know if we if we start to to cut off these groups for their opinions do we also have to um cut off those groups for their opinions or vice versa not cut off that group because we don't cut off that group i think ultimately though when when it comes to uber they have a responsibility to protect their employees and i know they won't call them their employees they're like freelancers but if you have drivers who are muslim and you have a person who does not like muslims for some stupid reason you're putting them in harm's way yeah you're putting them in harm's way by letting that person uh hail one of those 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 cars because potentially you could be looking at a i just watched a a really uh, interesting little uh, – it was a short little horror movie and um, it was it was based in Russia, if you'll pardon the uh, digression here for a second. It was based in Russia and a gay man, a gay young man uh, was using like Russia's version of, of Grindr and a guy told him, hey, you know, come meet up and are you discreet and, and you know, uh, is this cool or whatever? And he said, yeah, yeah, yeah. He comes to the place where the guy is, comes inside, and it turns out that it is an anti-gay group and they take him and they uh, start torturing him, basically. Um, and they it ends up that, you know, because this is a horror movie or a horror short film, he ends up being a werewolf and he turns into a werewolf and exacts revenge on them. But the point is... You know, you don't know what somebody like they could they could have the the Muslim person go to some place where there are a bunch of people who hate Muslims and then use that as a chance for violence or anything like that. And so I do think that Uber has a responsibility there to protect its drivers, because ultimately those are the people that are making them money in the end. So this is this is sort of protection for for them, I think. And that's where I think it makes the most sense. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to put into a business sense. Yeah. I mean, Uber's also been. Uh, you know, a company that's done objectively terrible things 
over the course of its lifetime. And, you know, they have a lot of making up to do in general outside of, you know, dollars and cents, too. But, you know, there's yeah. something to be said for that also. Georgia, any uh, any last thoughts on this topic? Well, I just, you know, because someone dislikes a certain set of people doesn't mean they're going to be violent. Um, I don't know. It's, it's just such a sad thing. I, I think that the, the idea of social consciousness and having consequences for actions is a really strong one. You know, we as a culture end up saying what is acceptable and unacceptable. And right now, it seems like people think that saying um, closed-minded views of many different spectrums is acceptable. And to that, I am happy that at least we're trying to do something to recalibrate and let people know that there are consequences. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, honestly, like, I don't, I don't see this as very much different than the small cake shop, right? Because what you're saying is that you're, you're allowing any company to refuse service. And that's what the the government wants to do right now is allow any company to refuse service based on religion. And that goes both ways. Right. I mean, it goes, Mm -hmm. it, it, it goes on offense of your personal religious beliefs, or it goes on, you know, being bigoted against the people who work for you. It's, it, it feels like that's a natural consequence of that kind of, um, you know, that kind of policy. Don't be awful on Twitter, people. Like, just don't do it. Just, just, you know, if, if you, if you, if you're going to be awful, right, this is my tip to you. If you're going to be a terrible person, please don't. But if you're going to be a terrible person, just post it in a private Facebook post, Right. Don't don't yell about it on Twitter <laughs> like p- other people can see what you're posting on Twitter. Keep it to yourself. Right. right. Yeah. Well, do what do what we do. We just say it to each other's faces. Yeah. Or, or say it on a podcast. <laughs> then nobody will hear it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'll work, too. That is true. That is true. That's another way. Yeah. Uh, let me tell you all about our dear friends at Smile and their awesome software called Text Expander. You. Yes, you can communicate smarter with Text Expander. Now, when you use Text Expander, you can recall your best and most frequently used words and phrases. So maybe a certain word or phrase that we use today might be stored in Text Expander by creating a keyboard shortcut and letting Text Expander do the work. And guess what? Text Expander is great for teams. Let's say you want to add a marketing message to your company's email signature, but if you launch a new product or service, you'll want to update it for everybody. Well, with Text Expander, you can edit the shared snippet and it's instantly available to everyone on your team on all of their devices. Nobody has to do anything and everyone is up to date. That's the magic of shared snippets and just one, one single example of what your team can do to communicate smarter with Text Expander. Text Expander is super customizable with options to hide or show the app in your menu bar or your dock if you're using a Mac. And you can even create a Text Expander snippet that acts as a calculator thanks to their integration with JavaScript. I use Text Expander every day, all the time, every day. From something as simple as being able to send emoji using the Slack commands for emoji so that's like colon and then whatever word for the emoji and then another colon, uh, all the way up to dropping links into the articles that I write and making it much simpler to do those things. Seriously, if you do any typing on your computer, you need Text Expander. It's so great. It'll save you so much time. In fact, they're telling me to tell you, if you or your team spend any amount of your day typing, you need Text Expander, which is what I just said. Now, visit TextExpander.com slash podcast 
for 20% off your first year. Just tell them that you heard about us or that you heard about them rather on our show. That's textexpander.com slash podcast for 20% off and just let them know that you came from us. Thanks so much to Text Expander and our friends at Smile for their support. Yay. All right, Georgia Dow. <laughs> I hear you have a topic for us. Yeah, well, you know, the holidays are coming up. Times can get tough. And I was thinking that we could all go through um, just what we do when we're feeling stressed out, things are difficult. We can kind of go through some tips and tricks to survive when times are really difficult because um, stress is just devastating for us, for our health, for our ability to focus. We end up feeling more pain. We end up having difficulty in sleeping. We go through cycling thoughts. And so I was thinking that we could all go through some fun ways that we deal with stress, and then I can go through some therapeutic ones as well to throw it into the mix. Um, so yeah, I'll, I'll throw it actually first out to both of you guys of what are some cool stuff that you guys do when you're feeling stressed out that other people could try. Steve, you go first. Um, I mean, that's this is why I play video games, right? Like, yeah. I mean, not necessarily Hearthstone, because that's that tends to create stress sometimes more than it. Well, Hearthstone is almost like a job for you now. Well, yeah, right? like, it kind of is. You actually have to win. Well, I yeah. don't have to win. I, oh, no, you do. There are I, some hamsters <laughs> hanging over like a fire somewhere, and if you lose, they fall into the fire. You you have to keep those hamsters safe. Look, there no hamsters were harmed in the making of that legend run. That... <laughs> That they're they're that besides because you won. Well, no, also because I hate animals, so that's not going to motivate me. Oh my god, don't say that. <laughs> I'm stressed now. You know, sometimes a violent game will just like help you visualize who you're taking your stress out on sometimes, and that's not something I recommend all the time, but sometimes you just need to, you know go go shoot some demons or whatever and that and that helps i mean i don't know that necessarily something like overwatch where you have other people being toxic in the game is a great place for that but like a single player type thing but even games like you know katamari damashi where you're just kind of like rolling yeah. up a whole bunch that of things that is a good one mm-hmm. yeah like sometimes i would just take like that last level of the first one where you're just rolling up the entire world and it's like a half hour level that you're just sitting there and going, making things smaller and bigger. And that like those types of like, like, I don't, I don't want to call, I guess a cleaning game almost like where you're tidying things up, like kind of like Tetris where you're, yeah. you're taking a lot of messy things and making them tidier. Like that sometimes I find really therapeutic and really soothing when I'm, when I'm very stressed out. Yeah, I like that. Or like, I like um, that a lot. Mop Simulator. A mop Simulator, that, yes. That fun game, Mop of... Simulator. There <laughs> actually is a game called, uh, what was it, Visceral, Visceral Cleanup Detail or something like that, where you're the janitor after, like, every sci-fi horror flick, and you're, like, <laughs> cleaning up. You're cleaning up that. all. Your, your job is to, like, clean up all the blood and gore that's left over after, the after like, the <laughs> horror flick is done. <laughs> That's, That's clever. Great. Yeah. I like that. I have to a find lot. the well, actual it's, name it's, of it. But Yeah, you have to get the name for that. Because actually I do yeah. I do think that that actually the act itself of cleaning up. So sometimes I'll tell people to like watch TV, a show that they find that is enjoyable, and take a drawer, take it out of the container, dump it onto a table, and then have your three piles, which is, you know, throw out, keep, 
you know, put back into the drawer, a giveaway. And so then you put back into the drawer the stuff you keep, you give away the stuff you're going to give away and you throw out that and you reorganize one, one drawer while you're watching TV or doing something else. Because if you're under a lot of stress, you want, like watching TV in and of itself is not mm-hmm. enough to turn off your working memory. Like, it's not enough to stop you from thinking and worrying at the same time. But organizing and watching a TV show, don't watch a really great TV show because you're going to want to spend all your energy doing that, is usually enough to keep you busy and take your mind off of it for a period of time. Because in the end, that's what you're trying to do when you're really stressed out is stop those neurons from firing in a pathway. How do you get better at something? You practice. You're practicing being stressed. You're getting better at being stressed. See, that's what I was about to say is the fact that uh, if I if I do something like if I go, if I drive, if I get in the shower, if I watch a show or any of those when you're in the shower, you're eating those. So you're already trying to double dip there. Okay, so everywhere else, maybe that's why I eat the shower, so I won't get stressed out. Um, everywhere else, with those those tasks that that are you know you think they're sort of zone out tasks, it just yeah. I end up spinning so many cycles just thinking about whatever's stressing me out. So I have to do something that engages my brain, and uh, because I sit all day at work, and because I'm convinced that in a past life I was a carpenter, um, oh. I like to do. Uh, home DIY projects. I like to nice. work with my hands and cut wood and, and, and nail and screw things and all that stuff. Um, and you know, f- fix things up and all that jazz. So any sort of house project or even, um, I just recently resubscribed and they're not sponsoring us, but I'm going to mention them. I just recently resubscribed to blue apron and lately making meals while watching a show has been a lot of, uh, a lot of, uh, peace and relaxation involved with that. So as long as my mm-hmm. mind can sort of, uh, be not, you know, driving will, amp up my ability to just think about things because it like it distracts the part of my body that likes to just sort of I I have ADHD and and I've talked about that before but like the part of my body that spends its energy sort of twitching and just like the 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 energy part of my body can go into the driving and so that just frees up the part of my mind that's like let's think about everything right now and (laughs) Mm -hmm. suddenly like I'm driving and I'm you know going around a, a roundabout and I'm thinking about you know, 12 things that are stressing me out in the moment. It's like, I need to not be driving. Maybe I should take an Uber. <laughs> right. Uh, so, right. Right. Yeah, no, that, it's I, true. Something to because, engage. because what can happen is, is that your worry center. So your analytical part of your brain is, is around your limbic system. Your limbic system is the middle part of your brain. And that's what deals with anxiety. So what we need to do is we need to use up almost all of your working memory to force you not to have uh, your limbic system being active. And so you really want to do, and often if I'm in a lot of distress, so when I dealt with like uh, the death of my dad or with my uncle and I was under a lot of distress to that, like I would do like multiple things. So I would do a puzzle, do my nails, play a video game, watch TV. Like I had lots of things going on so that I would try to keep busy every idle moment to that. Um, In some cases, video games are pretty good, but you would want to have a video game where if you just stand there, something bad would happen, which would stop you from wanting to just stop and start worrying. Mm. So you really want to find an activity that it will be different for everyone, but you want to find something. Like the carpentry is wonderful because you're feeling 
the, the dopamine of doing something and actually seeing its accomplishment and then being able to use it afterwards. So there's a little, lot of little moments of pride which are firing the motivation centers, which are the opposite of when you're stressed. And huh. so that works out really well. Anything that is building, creating, cooking can be dangerous. Like using knives when you're under a lot of distress is not the greatest thing. Not because I'm worried about someone hurting themselves purposely, but you're not paying a lot of attention. If you're using sharp objects, you can hurt yourself by mistake. But, you know, if you're very well skilled at, at you know, cooking or doing something else, those are also really great activities to be able to keep you busy and maybe even then listening to music or watching a TV show at the same time as that. And if that doesn't work, journaling is really good. It's one of the things besides uh, actual therapy centers that sets sessions that will help you slow down your brain because you cannot, you can think faster than you write. And by reading it, you're using your cognitive center, which helps you validate it and look at it. And also is very soothing because usually once you put it on paper, our brains magnify it. But once you put it in paper, you can analyze it at a much more accurate level. Hmm. So question for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we're talking about tactics to sort of, of uh, escape stress or, or have moments of, and I know some people shudder at this term, but I, I don't care. This is okay. Uh, uh, self-care, you know, this these are moments of self-care. You don't want to constantly be avoiding that stress though, right? Like how, when do you recommend sort of processing it or trying to deal with it or, or go through it? Is it, do you, do you, do you recommend like taking some time off and then coming back to it? Or how do you, how do you suggest handling those kinds of things? If people out there are, are stressed out because of, you know, whatever it happens to be. Yeah. It, it's, you have to have the energy to be able to deal with that. So what you want is to have moments where you feel, um, you are capable of dealing with it. You have to be self-aware enough, which is, can be very difficult because you have to be self-aware enough that I have the energy to handle this. And really, if you're going to be doing this on your own, because sometimes friends, even the most caring of friends, they're not trained therapists and they can make things worse for you or give you advice that you want to hear instead of what you need to hear. So uh, writing it out, journaling what bothers me, why, why does that bother me? Feelings, what are the feelings that I feel to this? And then solutions to this problem or truth or false. If it's a, just a negative thought, it might be a truth or false statement. Doing that is a cognitive restructuring technique, which is a really fancy way of reframing the way that you think about something, which will often cause you less distress. And you often have to do this many, many different times. And it all depends on, is this a hurt? Is this something that I'm upset at myself for? Is this a negative thought that keeps on coming back up? Um, is this something that I worry about in the future? You want to kind of figure out, is it hit one of my trigger thoughts? We all have different things that create anxiety in us. And what is the, the main part of my anxiety that gets hit by this and bothers me so much? So in bits and pieces that are manageable and you want to be able to do it in a way that works for you. Did I, I didn't really answer it really well. <laughs> no, I thought you did. <laughs> Thank you. I thought you did. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I mean, I'm just thinking back, like, now that you're saying that about, like, cleaning up. Like, I, I'm yeah. thinking back to when I – and, of course, I'm going to bring it back to Hearthstone because that's what I do. But, um, yeah. <laughs> but like, the se- when I hit Legend the second time a couple of months ago, um, it, you know, it was a different experience than the first time because I knew I could do it. But it's still, like, when you're close to it, it gets – very mm-hmm. you get in your head a lot 
And yeah. one of the things that I've been, because now that I'm at a point where I've done it multiple times, I, I'm, I have people who have not done it and have been asking, like, what's involved in And one of the things that I say is that once you can get to a certain point above the floor, like, it's not really about your skill anymore. It's just about you being able to shut your brain up. And and be mm-hmm. able to focus on the game and and put the the mental ener- the mental anxiety out of it because at at a certain point around like rank two rank one you're a more formidable opponent than anyone that you're playing against and right. I remember when I was getting there the second time that I got to the last game before the last game I needed to win to get to legend and I lost and mm-hmm. that is one of the worst feelings in the world. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I remember I knew I've, I've done this enough, you know, now that I knew, okay, I, the worst thing I can possibly do right now is just press the button again and go into another game. So I need to take a five minute right. break to let myself, you know, recompose myself and then go right back to it. Cause if I let it, if I let it sit for like an hour or whatever, I'm going to, I'm going to dwell on it. If I go right back in, I'm still going to be feeling it. So I remember I was in my bedroom and I just put all this laundry away that had been folded. And I just took five minutes and I put all the laundry away and it cleared my head. And then I won the next two games straight and got and got right up there. And (laughs) and and it was it it was that act, I think, that helped kind of clear my mind and gave me something else to focus on. That wasn't, Mm -hmm. hey, you almost got there, but you just lost and and helped me kind Mm -hmm. of dissipate that stress and then refocus and then come back and then be able to do it. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I think that. Uh, oh, Georgia, did you mention yours? Your yeah. your choices? Yeah, well, that, it's we, obviously we punching me. sharks in the nose. Is is what Georgia does? <laughs> yeah, to I do like doing activities. I do like doing activities. Uh, I, laughter is really healing. Exercise is really wonderful. Um, talking to people that make you feel light and happy. Uh, I also will do like a small hobby, or I'll create something, or I'll learn a new skill, or I'll even if it's like before I go to sleep. I'll try to go through some set of something I'm trying to learn in my head to stop my brain from wandering off to an area that will make me feel bad. Awesome. Yeah. I really I like the new skill thing because that's something that I, I definitely use as a technique myself. It's like nice. time to learn something new and spend <laughs> end up spending hours in the flow of just doing it and, and learning it. So, uh, yeah. And again, anything that sort of can actually grab my mind and it's not sitting going – you're doing something right now, but you're also thinking about things you shouldn't be thinking about right now. <laughs> it's like, no, brain, no. I'm trying to get away from it. Uh, so all great answers. Uh, I think we have just one last topic here, and it's going to be a quick one. It's just a, a fun little thing that I am super excited about. Um, and, of course, I'm curious to hear about your thoughts. But uh, in summer 2019, Disney announced that the live action, The Lion King, um, which is <clears throat> going to be a lot like The Jungle Book, the, the live action remake of, of The Jungle Book, uh, is going to hit. And, oh, my goodness, the actors and the all of the actors in this are just uh, really awesome. So Simba is going to be played by Donald Glover. Uh, he's an actor from the show, the cult success show community, as well as a hip hop artist. The one and only Beyonce Knowles Carter is going to be playing Nala. And I'm so pumped. Wow. <laughs> James. Really- Oh, right. Oh, my gosh. James Earl Jones is going to be playing Mufasa. 
That's yes. so good. It's so Thank perfect. God. There couldn't have been a better casting. Let's just say it. Yeah, he didn't played he him. Play didn't he play in the in the animated movie? Didn't he play him also? Yeah, he was yeah. Mufasa in so in perfect. yeah in the Lion King. Uh, Chiwetel, and I always mispronounce his last name. Um, Elofor, I think, is how it's pronounced. Uh, forgive me if I've mispronounced that. But he's going to be playing Scar. That is going to be awesome. Um, there are some some names on here that I am not as familiar with, but uh, John Oliver is going to be playing yep. Zazu. Seth Rogen is Pumbaa. Billy Eichner is Timon. Eric Andre is Azizi. Uh, and Keegan, which from the, the I can't even think of the name Ke- of that Ke- show. Key and Peel, thank you. Yeah, that's so good. Uh, is going to be Kamari. So there, you should absolutely check this out. Disney put out a tweet. We'll link to it, and probably by the time you're listening to this, um, you will have have seen the the tweet. But this cast is going to be so awesome. And I, of course, I there's just always going to be for the rest of my life a special place in my heart for Beyonce, and to have her like you know these these are people that can actually sing and perform, and yeah. that's that's what I'm yeah. looking forward to is like hearing these people, uh, you know, do their musical parts. So this is this is going to be really cool. But um, Steve, I know that this was something that you were when, once, you know, we talked about it. You were excited about it as yeah. well. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've always like the Lion King is actually it's Lion King one and a half actually is I actually like better than the original movie because I'm one of those weird people who really enjoys like Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead type stories of like the bit characters and what they're doing in the middle of the main story. But, um, you know, I'm a Disney, I'm a, we've talked about Disney so much on the show and I'm like a Disney nerd to begin with. And, you know, this is, I'm glad that they're doing this in a way that seems like they're really going all in on it. Like I, I tried to watch the beauty and the beast remake and, with the girls and they liked it. I, I mean, it, maybe it's not really for me as much, I guess, but this seems like they're really going all in on making this a, a blockbuster event. And I mean, I guess it makes sense given that they have the, the Broadway show that's been really successful. That's been based off this too. So they can kind of go a little bit more grand than they have with like mm-hmm. beauty and the beast or something like that. Mm. Now, did you have has any of you seen the um, theatrical release of The Lion King? Like the the animated mm-hmm. one, or the or the theatrical release of the musical? Yes, sorry. Oh no, um, I have not no. seen that. Okay, it was one of my. It's okay. One is it's amazing. You should completely see it. Um, but because now that's my bar, I am worried oh, if this is going to live up to it because the singing. Um, the music, it, it's, oh, so, so good. So Do you think that great. Beyonce cannot live up to that standard, Georgia? <laughs> be careful about how you answer this, Georgia. This could no, be the it's end not, of our friendship. It is not no, that I kidding. don't think, no, I don't think that Beyonce couldn't live up to it. I don't know if, if the actual right. score, the, the whole score production. is going to be from the movie and the score is not going to be from the, and there's, there's some, some songs. Oh yeah, it's different, are, isn't that are, it? That are different. And done in a different way. There's much more of an African feel to the a theatrical release instead of what it is to the Disney movie. And just the puppetry and the way that they handle it's a really great show to see, by the way. It's 
spellbinding and I don't ever watch anything twice. And so, and I've seen this, I've watched it live uh, and I've also watched uh, the video of it before I watched it on TV, before I even saw it live. And then I went to see it live anyways. So that's where my standard is. And yes, these singers on it are absolutely phenomenal. They mm-hmm. are there because of their voices. So they're really good. Now, Beyonce is really good. But is the entire team behind right. her going to be as good? And will the score... Again, it's going to be from the movie, which is really good. I love the score from the movie as well, but you need to kind of put them side by side. I love the casting. I think it's absolutely phenomenal. I'm so excited. Um, Eric Andre, hilarious. Um, they definitely, they mustn't, Disney has not seen Eric Andre or watched his show. <laughs> right. Have you guys watched his show? <laughs> I've, Have you watched I've his show? I've seen stuff that he's in, yeah. but not, I've not yeah. watched his, but yeah, I've seen stuff you that he's in. You haven't seen his show? He, he's Wait, kind no. of, you know what watched... he is? He's kind of like that guy. That you you see in like all these different things, and you it, you know it takes you a while to kind of put together <laughs> that he's the same no, person. No, guys, no, no, you guys, you can't even you. Okay, <laughs> you have he's to watch bad. the Eric Andre show. You have to watch the Eric Andre show on YouTube. It's inappropriate, is it not? It is so many levels of inappropriate. He, <laughs> Can he, I remind you how you he, started um, out this um, episode of this show? By the uh, way, <laughs> hey, no, that was all scientific that was and medical. That was tame compared to what he does. He tried to free, what he did is this show that was like a really like backyard like created show that he would get really famous guests on before he was famous for doing this, and uh, he would do things to try to break them. Not joking break them and you can tell when they people eventually started to know who he was but before that they didn't and so he would like uh pretend to vomit on his desk <sighs> and then in front of the person eat it Ew! live gross um, or um he he'd suddenly get naked fully naked um and run around or like it it's um you have to see <laughs> Or maybe um, not. Have I think Hannibal Buress is in it as well. I might be wrong, um, but anyways, it's um, you have to see the show because I'm sure Disney had no clue. And when they released, who's going to be on the Lion King? Now again, Andre Eric Andre is a, a smaller star than many of like you know he's a, a very small star compared to many of the stars that are there. But they couldn't even put him on their Twitter release because his name is Eric Fing Andre oh, without no. the, the full set. <laughs> they oh tweet out to him. They've never seen the show. They like it's he's not Disney. I mean, material. they're having him play a hyena though. So I mean, that sounds appropriate. Fair. <laughs> Fair. I want you guys to watch it. I want you guys to watch it, please. And let okay, me if you send me a link to uh, one that I absolutely oh, have happening. to watch, I will watch it. Uh, if it involves yes. feet, okay, I quit. I quit says, everything. No, I don't think that he's gone. He you know, yeah, I don't think that he's gone there. Okay, I'm gonna I'm looking it up. Actually I, I'm right finally now. gonna get some use it. out of my ten dollars a month I pay to YouTube. So, <laughs> oh yeah, does that for he YouTube? He actually bread? has yeah. some. Re- he has some really interesting ones too. Like he um he went to a reenactment of um North versus the South reenactment. I don't know. Uh, Civil War reenactment. Something like that. Yeah. And uh, he dressed up as a slave with a slave owner running after him, and he ran through the um. Uh, entire reenactment and and you know he he makes people sometimes he makes people really think about what they're doing and sometimes it's just for yeah for shock just for the lols you could say that okay um well while you're looking that up i suppose six times eric andre destroys his guest that seems good enough oh that's a good one yeah 
<laughs> Copy and paste. Copy and paste. There we go. This makes for good radio. Good for <laughs> And now we're all going to watch it live together. No, we're, all not. Together. we're not. Doing, no, we we're not doing no, that. No, no. Do, it, do it on your own time. Do it on your own time. Yeah. It's late. It's late. Do it on non-show time. <laughs> yeah. um, well, that uh, takes us. Uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing that. A lot of people get a little weird about remakes. Uh, Don't ruin my childhood by redoing the thing that was my thing when I was a kid kind of deal. Um, but. I am very excited about this, and I will watch the heck out of this when it comes out. Uh, so definitely go check that out. Um, okay, we don't have any listener questions this week. We do not. Uh, no. So all that's left is one final topic. Um, <clears throat> it is a personal topic. Uh, both of my, well, all three of my co-hosts, uh, have been made aware of, of this, uh, but I'm sharing with all of you listeners now. Um, this is going to be my last episode of Disruption. Um, I still remember way back when being a listener of Isometric and laughing along to the hilarious episodes that you all put on together mm-hmm. and just adoring all of you and everything that you brought to the table and uh, George's games and uh, <laughs> S- Steve uh, handily taking down Nintendo and uh, Maddie being really good at like the singing stuff and Brie razzing people. And uh, I really enjoyed listening. And when I got the invite to come on the show, I was uh, flabbergasted. And I remember sitting and thinking, I need to make a joke for like for this show. When I first come on, like I need to 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 have fun along with them. So I don't know if you to remember, but when Steve first introduced me uh, on that first episode I was on, um, or no, 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 whenever Steve first said, because uh, he used to do the intros and he would say, and, you know, this is this person and this and that and the other. And whenever we got around to Georgia, uh, I interrupted him and I asked him if it was uh, Georgia Dow, the renowned, like, Falcon uh <laughs> pirate or something like that. I don't remember what the what, what the joke was, but it was some silly joke um, that seemed to resonate with people. And that was a really cool moment where it was like, yes, I'm so glad I took the time to do that. And um, being invited to to become um, a regular host of the show and the, the, the shift to disruption and all of the work that we've put into the show since then and, and all of the fun that we've had and all the games that we've played and uh, all the stuff we've talked about. You know, one of the things that really makes me proud of this show is that you can look at all of the shows on Relay and there are many, many, many good shows on Relay. And I think that our show most often and most thoroughly covers some of the toughest topics that are out there. And at the same time, we've been able to help people, many of you who are listeners who are listening to this right now. And that's something that I will never, ever forget. Uh, mm-hmm. Having the, uh, the, the opportunity to share kind words and share thoughts and share advice and, 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 talk talk to you listeners is has been incredible 
And uh, to those of you who have sent me, you know, uh, direct messages privately after things we've talked about on the show and, and said that, you know, you were helped by this or that or, um, you know, you wanted to learn more about certain things, I really appreciate that. And it made all the difference in uh, my experience on the show. And uh, to both of you and to Bree, uh, thanks for welcoming me into the, the fold and for all the fun times that we've had. I've absolutely enjoyed all the laughs and uh, all the nonsense. So thank you and, uh, both and, and to Bree as well. And, and I'm sorry that you're, that you're leaving, but I mean, I feel like the show has been enriched from having you on. I know that my life has been enriched mm-hmm. by being able to call you a friend and okay don't make me cry please i I don't want to do that tonight (laughs) i i know that you know this is not the end this is just you know this is just a uh fork in the road so i'm really i'm really happy that we got to work together and i'm i'm really excited to see everything that you do i am too i'm um i will be uh really sad um, to see you go, but really excited to see all the cool things that you do, and and uh, we still have the Imore show, and um, I it's been we've just had so much laughs, and um, yep. thank you so much for that. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. Uh, I, I feel I feel the same way. All the laughs and all the fun, and, and to all of you listeners out there, thank you so much for uh, supporting us and and you know sending in your questions and your stuff. Uh, like just just that you that you you know, A, are just listeners in the first place, but B, that you care enough about the things that I have to say is so bonkers to me and just so, like, it's, I still don't quite comprehend that. And so I just want to say, like, every single one of you have made me feel special and feel loved. And I I can't, I will never forget, you know, that feeling. And uh, I just really appreciate it. And, you know, this this decision to, uh, to move on. It's, it's, um, it's a hard one. And, um, I, you know, it's, it's one that, that needs to, to happen and, uh, you know, is, is happening, but, um, know that I care about all of you and thank you all for, for tuning in every week and, and hearing, uh, the things that we talk about, even whenever they're ridiculous, like the topic at the beginning of the show, if that makes it in. Otherwise, Steve will edit out this part <laughs> yeah. as well. Um, no, so. you know, that's not going to happen because I'm lazy. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> so there it is. Uh, look, it was all medical. It's fine. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I'll miss you all. And, um, I, you know, I'm glad that, uh, I'm sure that, you know, the listeners out there who follow all of us will still catch us all interacting on Twitter, Uh, Georgia, whenever she shows up every once in a blue moon. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) so thank you. And, uh, yeah, I I, that, that's it. I don't have anything else to say. Uh, thanks. (laughs) Uh, you want me to read us out then or? Yeah, Steve, that'd be great. All right. Take us on out. All right. So um, you can I guess I'll I will tell you that you can find the show notes for this show and every show at relay.fm slash disruption. You can send in you can send your questions via DM to the Twitter account or you can call them in to 508-418-3532 or use the hashtag disrupt me and we will find those and answer those for you on the show. Um 
Uh, you can find me at Wicked Good on Twitter or listen to me jabbering about Hearthstone on my other podcast, Off Curve, at offcurve.com. Um, Brie, if she was here and not off, um, you know, doing a whole bunch of important campaign events, would tell you that she is uh, she is available on Twitter, at SpaceCatGal, and you can also go support her campaign and, and donate today. And uh, so, Georgia, where can people find you? Uh, if you're dealing with anxiety or depression, you can check out anxiety-videos.com, or you can check me out on Twitter every once in a while. I'm uh, at Georgia underscore Dow. And Micah, where can people continue to um, find you online after this? Uh, if you go to a little site called chihuahua.coffee, that's C-H-I-H-U-A-H-U-A.coffee, uh, you can find all the links to all the stuff I do. You can finally, finally, yes, you can find me here on the Relay FM network on the podcast Clockwise. And you can find Georgia and I hanging out on the podcast iMore show mm-hmm. uh, over on the Mobile Nations site. So uh, I'll still be around and I still adore all of you. And the last thing that I'll say is if you ever have any, you know, uh, questions or, or concerns or thoughts or just want to chat uh my dms are open my mentions are open and um you know disruption will live on in my heart including the the part about uh giving people advice that they need so i'm still out there and i'm still listening to all of you yeah well um i guess that's all that's left is georgia you uh need to tell listeners what to do <laughs> Find dorks. <laughs> what should you do with them when you find them? Free them. Free them oh, of okay. their suffering. Oh, fair enough. Fair enough. Free them of their suffering. Uh, that is a euphemism, friends. It means destroy them. No, no, no. It's a kindness. We're doing a kindness. Yeah, kill them with kindness. <laughs> yes, that's it. <laughs>